good. I don't know if they can hear you or not, but y'all can hoop and holler loud enough. Y'all let the volunteers know how much you appreciate them, all that kitchen staff. They've done a fabulous job. So thankful for that. Uh, so how I want to do this is uh, what we're going to do is I'm going to have Brother Joshua, you come up. I told him I was not going to say his last name so that way I don't mess that up. I'll let him mess it up, all right? Uh, he's going to come and share for a few moments, and then uh, Brother Justin's going to come and sing uh, after that a few songs, and we'll jump right into things. So, Brother, you come on. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. And first of all, the food was fantastic. Thank you so much for all who prepared the food. Um, it's my privilege, Pastor. Thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity that you have given me. Just to stand here in front of you this afternoon to share the Lord, to share the burden of the Lord laid in my heart for missions is a wonderful opportunity. And it's my privilege, Pastor. It's my honor. Thank you so much. For those who don't know me, my name is Joshua Sangalang. I know the last name's kind of hard to pronounce, so let's stick with Joshua. My name is Joshua, and I am born and raised in the Philippines. I consider myself privileged because I had the opportunity to be raised in a Christian home, having my dad as my pastor, and have a mom and siblings who's faithfully serving the Lord with me. But although I grew up going to church, grew up going to Sunday school every Sunday, because you know what will happen if a preacher's kid don't go on Sunday school on Sundays, if you know what I mean. I only got saved when I was 13 years old. May 2013, in a youth camp that a church held, I realized that I am a sinner. And I am bound to hell, and I cannot do anything about it but to believe that Jesus died for my sins. And church, that was the best and the most important decision I ever made in my life. However, to be honest with you all, this afternoon, I don't want to be a missionary. I even hated the idea of me would go to a Bible college to study. Because in the Philippines, if you're, if you're going to a Bible college, it only means you're going into full-time ministry. You're called to be a pastor. You're called to be a minister. You're called to be a missionary. So back then, I really hated the idea of me would go to a Bible college since I didn't really have the desire to be a missionary. I keep telling myself, don't be one. Don't be a missionary. Knowing deep down in my heart, there's something that God wants me to do. And for many years, I was that kind of man, just for the main reason, growing up, I saw what my dad went through. Not only in his ministry, but especially in our family. I saw his pain, his heartaches firsthand, I saw it all. And even us, as, as a family, we, we struggle financially. I saw, growing up, I saw how hard it is sometimes to be in the ministry. Growing up, I saw how painful it can be in doing the Lord's work. But you know, but as my dad being a pastor, he, he needs to be there. He needs to be an encouragement, even though he himself is going on through something in his life. I would never forget, uh, I just want to tell a quick story. I will never forget this story in my mind, because I remember this very clearly, because one night we planned to go to a park. And this story is kind of funny, because the vehicle we used to go there is a small tricycle. So basically, if, if you've ever been to the Philippines, we have these tricycles, and little, these tricycles are a little motorcycle with sidecar beside it. And ideally, tricycles are designed to fit four people, including the driver. And just so we know, we're a family of six. So in order for us to fit on that small tricycle, my little brother, his name is Caleb. He needs to sit on top of the gas tank of the motorcycle for us to fit. So that's what we used to go to the park. But as we get out of the vehicle, you just see the people around us looking. And the surprise on their faces and how we huge people fit on that small tricycle really made a memory funny. But I'm not ashamed for it. I am not ashamed for it. But rather, I can say that I am proud of my dad. Because no matter how tough, no matter how hard sometimes to do the work of the Lord, he still has the willingness and the courage to do it in spite of everything, because he loves the Lord. 
But for me personally, having those experiences in life, it pointed me to a decision to, to finish a college degree and pursue a career, find a stable job just to help my family meet ends in a regular basis. Before, I really wanted to be an engineer because life was hard during those times and I really wanted to help my family. But not until five years ago, I praise the Lord for his faithfulness in my life, for his goodness in my life, that five years ago, 2018, I went again to a youth camp and that year, I surrendered my life into full-time ministry. I will never forget the message that my dad preached that night, and the title is, Where Could We Go But To The Lord? And church, that is true. We don't have hope in this world. Everything will soon pass, but we believers, we have hope, amen? And that hope is found in the Lord. And after that church, God's will prevailed in my life. It's like everything fell into place. I had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to have a scholarship and study here in the United States at Day Spring Bible College up in Illinois, to get my training and go back to the Philippines to start a mission work. I just graduated from college last April and now I took uh, the opportunity, amazing opportunity to go on deputation in the country and I'm raising funds and supports. I'm praying for churches and fellow Christians who can partner with me as I go to the mission field next year. I'm praying for 30 churches who can partner with me. And as of five months of deputation, um, for the past five months, God has been faithful in my life. There are seven churches that promised to take me on as one of their missionaries and always praise the Lord for that. And I know I have a long way to go, but throughout my journey, throughout the deputation journey, I saw how God provided. I saw how, how he met my needs throughout the process and I praise him for that. Church, I just want to encourage this. Uh, what I saw in my life is just as I thought, I figured my life already. Just as I thought, I planned everything out. Be an engineer, help my family meet ends. But the Lord said, Joshua, I have a better plan for you. I just don't want you to help your family meet ends, but I want you to go, I want you to reach, I want you to labor in my harvest field. Some, ask, uh, some, some may, may ask me, uh, brother, did, did your life get easier? No. <laughs> did, did, are you sure that before you go back home next year, are you sure you're gonna get, raise your funds and your sports? To be honest, I don't know. But one thing I know is I'm sure that the safest place I can be in the safest place you and I can be in is the, the center of God's will. And that's what I'm clinging on to as, on, as I go on deputation. And once again, Pastor, thank you for this opportunity. And thank you so much, sir. Well, so glad it was a surprise to have him uh, join. I, I, we had saw him, uh, his name at least, sign up and register. And I thought, who in the world is driving two hours from Tennessee to come here. I'm going, I drive two minutes from here. And I'm like, that's a long drive. The traffic's killer, you know. But so I'm so grateful that you're with us, brother, and so glad that you could share. So uh, make sure after today, you go on out there too, like where the book table is and everything else. And if you got some prayer cards, drop them off and, and uh, some folks would love to talk to you, okay? All right. Uh, well, brother Justin, you come, you sing a few songs for us, and uh, we'll keep on trucking, all right? So you just uh, listen to what the Lord has for you and, and uh, great for you. Y'all make Justin welcome. There we go. That's what I was looking for. I guess we need this on too, don't we? 
Somebody needs to shout it out while we're getting on it. There we go. From sorrows deep I call When my hope is shaken Torn and ruined from the fall Hear my desperation For so long I pled and prayed God come to my rescue Even so this thorn remains Still my heart will praise you. Storms within my troubled soul, questions without answers. On my faith these billows roll. God be now my shelter. Why are you cast down, my soul, hoping him who saves you? When the fires have all grown cold, calls this heart to praise you. And oh, my soul, put your hope in God, my help, my rock, I will praise him.
fear my faith will fail Christ will hold me fast when the tempter would prevail he will hold me fast I could never keep my hold through life's fearful path for my love is often cold he must hold me fast he will hold me fast he will hold me fast for my savior loves me so he will hold me will hold me fast precious in his holy sight he will hold me fast he'll not let my soul be lost his promises shall last bought by him at such a cost he will hold me hold me fast he will hold me fast for my savior loves me so he will hold me fast for my life he bled and died Christ will hold me fast. Justice has been satisfied. He will hold me fast. Raised with him to endless life. He will hold me fast. Till our faith is turned to sight. When he comes at last. should be a familiar one, so y'all feel free to sing along if you'd like.
I'm just going to keep putting my finger up at him to keep uh, doing one more. But 
Anyways, well, it's been uh, good, and uh, praise the Lord. So glad to have my friend Justin come and sing, and uh, so grateful for him and his friendship. Uh, here's what I want to do. I want to uh, give a quick scripture. We'll pray uh, for this afternoon. I hope that thus far it has been a blessing to you. It's been a blessing to me, and uh, just a, a great opportunity to worship the Lord together as we hear his word, and to hear the word sung as well, and uh, just so grateful for the sweet spirit. And you guys have been fabulous. It has been a sweet spirit here uh, just a, of unity and, and understanding that we're in this together. And uh, there's different churches represented here. There's different states represented here. Shoot, even different countries, brother, right? But yet we find one body in Christ. And so praise the Lord for that. Uh, it, there's been a passage here. I had it down already, so I guess these guys stole it. I'm just kidding. It's already been, it's already been read, but I want to read it again. I think we need this. Uh, it's there on the front of your booklet, but uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. It's his grace and it's sufficient for me. Y'all take a minute. I want y'all to just do this, all right? It's a little different. I want you to say, his grace, his grace is, sufficient is sufficient for me. For me. His grace, his grace is, sufficient is sufficient for me. It makes you smile, don't it? You, you realize his grace is sufficient for me. At all times, all places, all circumstances, he says, For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Uh, Lloyd-Jones wrote about grace, and here's what he said. He said, It is grace at the beginning and grace at the end. So that when you and I come to lie upon our deathbeds, the one thing that should comfort and help and strengthen us there is the thing that helped us in the beginning. Not what we have been, not what we have done, but the grace of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. The Christian life starts with grace. It must continue with grace. It ends with grace. Grace, wondrous grace. By the grace of God, I am what I am, yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Brother, uh, Michael Mabe, you come. Y'all make him welcome. He's going to come and preach, and I'm so grateful for him. One, there we go. And I, I was so excited you you don't know this uh pastor joe but you're in you were in both places where i'm going to be so not only just second corinthians but even in ephesians but uh while you're finding your place there in second corinthians chapter number one is where we're going to go back and i thought about uh just the way this has worked out for us and you know, we don't always understand, but faith helps us to stand when we don't understand. And so, uh, faith in God, faith in God helps you to stand when you don't understand. Uh, but what he said, it, it just resonates inside of me, inside of my testimony, inside of the story that I have, uh, part two, if, if you want to call it that, what I'm going to share with you about uh, grace for purpose and purpose for grace. Grace for a purpose. And then you could even say purposeful grace. Um, 
back to where uh, my barber had told me uh, you're going to have to let her go. I think I think I remember that's basically where I was. But uh, I wanted to read uh, something out of. We know Ephesians says, "By grace are you saved through faith." And I'm so thankful that that verse, those, those verses don't stop there. Uh, a lot of times we don't reiterate everything that, it, that it's saying. But uh, I wanted to, to read just a little bit more of that. Uh, I know we should know it by heart. And believe it or not, I still get nervous. I think uh, we, we get nervous when we share the Word of God. It's so powerful. Uh, but it talks about Wherein in time past you walk according to the course of this world. Uh, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. I think that's so important. And then, of course, it says it is the gift of God. Now, we know that grace is for a purpose. By grace are you saved through faith. But then we talked about, we're talking about purposeful grace, too. We're looking in a lot of different places. Go back to 2 Corinthians, and let me look here. In verse number 1, beginning in verse number 5, For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And let's pray. Father, thank You for this time together. Lord, thank You for this opportunity. I pray, God, that You would touch our perspective. Lord, thank You for the conversations that we've already had with others. Thank You for the, the touch that You've given us, Lord, through these meetings and through these messages father it's all about you god i pray in jesus name lord that if someone is not saved that this event this uh, conference lord might help them and help their perspective see you uh, lord I, I pray that we can walk by faith and not by sight physically but lord help us to be led and guided through your spirit through your Holy Ghost. <laughs> Father, we're so thankful for what you're doing in our lives. And Lord, help us now to reiterate, to repeat, to resound what it is you're doing in our day. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, Amen. Has anybody ever been in trouble? Has anybody ever uh, found yourself in a really tough situation? Chances are that's one of the reasons that you're here is that grief, that, that, that uh, sense of difficulty that you're going through right now with uh, grieving. And I'm sure we've all been there in some way, shape, or form. Like I've said, grief to me, I've learned that grief is common. It's not something that, I mean, from the uh, uh, loss of a loved one or uh, maybe a job, a marriage, whatever it might be, we all go through different types of grief. And we all deal with that grief differently. There's no right way. There's no wrong way. But I, I, I did... Uh, pick up on Brother Ryan and what he said is that if we don't grieve properly, it can be devastating. It can even be fatal. If we don't know how to grieve properly and find yourself a good support group, a good support system, uh, pray, seek God's face. And I'm just telling you by things that I've experienced and what I've learned is having a, a great church of people to pray for you, friends that... Uh, talk to you from all over the country that pray for you in different states. Share your contact information with me. Be glad to pray with you and talk with you. Call me at 3 o'clock in the morning. You know it may go to voicemail, but I will call you back, I promise you. 
But no, seriously, if it's God's will, I'll answer and we'll, we'll talk and we'll pray. And I appreciate the brothers and sisters that have already confided in me. That is something I don't take lightly. Confidence in Christ. We speak in confidence with each other. What you share with me stays with me. And we'll give it to the Lord together. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us. Think about that phrase for a minute. We, a lot of times we read the Word of God, we rush right through it. We don't take time and put that sila in there uh, like Psalms does. But for as the sufferings of Christ abound in us. That's only believers. The world doesn't know it, can't see it. The world hasn't experienced it because they're not trusting God. But then it says, so, watch this now, so, this is why it's so. So our consolation also aboundeth by Christ, through Him, with His help. It's how we have consolation. What else? And whether we be afflicted, there's that word again. These words I'm learning about grief, depression, pressure, discouragement. I learned, it says that whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation which is effectual in the enduring. I'm underlining some of these things. Of the same sufferings which we also suffer. All this is common. Temptations are common. I love what uh, Pastor uh, John was telling us about the way of escape. It's not talking about the persecution that we carry. Christ carried that to the cross for us. The persecution, the sin. But the way of escape, there's a way, there's an exit sign. Right here's an exit sign. There's an exit sign. It's up to us how we choose to escape. God is faithful to make a way with that temptation that you can escape from it. Don't blame things on the devil that Satan had nothing to do with. Don't blame the world our biggest problem, our biggest enemy, we have the devil, the flesh, and the world. But watch this. My biggest enemy is in front of me every morning in the mirror when I look, when I look at it. Flesh has power. Flesh is powerful when it comes to temptation. Satan's out conquering kingdoms, ruling nations. The world laughs at us already. They hate us. By the way, are you hated as a Christian? You should be. Christ said that they'll hate, they hated me before they hated you. I asked some of those ladies, you know, I pick on the ladies at church, and I, I love them dearly. They are like mother figures to me. They pray for me. They lift me up. I thank God for them, and I, I encourage them. And I say, uh, those ladies, I asked them that night, I walk around, and I say, uh, ma'am, are you hated as a Christian? Oh, well, I hope not. I said, well, you know you should be. Christ said you'll be hated He's, he was hated, so we'll be, oh, oh, yeah, then maybe I am hated. I, you know, We don't want to be hated, but we're living in a day where everybody loves everybody. Now listen, let me just say this real quick, okay? You can uh, have love for someone without agreeing with their lifestyle. And you love their soul, but you hate the sin. I mean, listen, if we're afflicted in our suffering, and it's for 
other people's comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it's for your comfort, which is what you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. The troubled, the tortured, the disabled, the diseased, the plagued, the persecuted. It's for a purpose. Now we don't always want that. We don't always see that. We don't always enjoy that. And it says, And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the sufferings, so shall ye be also of the consolation. Three times the suffering, three times the temptation means three times the consolation, three times the comfort. The comforter. Amen. So aptly named. Christ said, I will send you another comforter, which is one just like Him. Same power as God. Same power as the Father. Same power as God. Same power as the Son. Same power as the Holy Ghost. Yes, God. Thrice holy. We're, we need to realize something this morning. When it says greater is He that's in you, speaking of the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, this flesh is cursed. This earth is cursed. So we're walking on a cursed earth in a cursed flesh. But thank God for the Holy Spirit. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, cursed earth, cursed flesh, we're one up on them too. Somebody ought to be shouting right now. I'm on the winning side of this. Amen. It's all about your perspective. Now look at what the Apostle Paul here says, for we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble. which came to us in Asia, that we were, look at this phrase, pressed out of measure. He was pressured. And a lot of times that, that grief that we're carrying, it's pressure. Our spouse can't carry it for us. Our children can't carry it for us. Pressed out of measure. Above strength. It's out of your strength. It's out of your reach physically. You can't carry that. By the way, your sin, my sin, was never meant for us to carry. I was over here and I was looking up, and I, you know, sometimes I put my feet up, and believe it or not, I put my feet up, and I want you to know in the bottom of my heel, I was. Believe it or not, I was digging around and there's a pin in my shoe, in my heel. I put it back. I put it back. And I thought, you know, I put it back. It was there for a reason. You know, I can't feel that. Death has no sting. And by the way, he said, your heel is going to bruise his head. Even back in the garden, God knew that you and I were going to be going through stuff. Grace in the garden. Grace for a purpose. And there's purpose for grace. Now, He didn't want us to be unaware. God didn't want us to be unaware of things that were going to happen. By the way, God has no measure of time. He's eternal. He sees past, present, and future all at one time. He knows what's about to happen. We need to get closer to Him. We need to have that perspective. His ways are not your ways. His thoughts are not your thoughts. 
But I need to have the mindset of Christ. We need to not be Christ. We need to let Christ, allow Christ to live in us. Allow that perspective to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not easy. But faith doesn't make things easy. Faith makes it possible. And with God, all things are possible. And so that's how we get through this. That's how you'll get through this. Uh, like I said, believers, we know it's beyond our own strength. You can't do it. You can't get through it by yourself. You cannot. John 15, 5, I mean, he said, without me, you can do nothing. And that's true. We can't breathe. If he didn't have, we didn't have his life in us, we wouldn't be alive. We didn't have uh, the mindset. And I was looking at here at, at the uh, Apostle Paul. He said that he was exceedingly pressured, exceedingly stressed out. His flesh, he could not possibly take any more. He wanted to die. Well, I've been there. I wasn't thinking about suicide. I just wanted to die. As a matter of fact, when God took Melissa home, I asked God to take me. I did. I loved her so much. And two shall become one. And I want to share something with you. People say, well, preacher, we just don't know how you feel. Well, you know, doctors, a lot of times they'll, uh, I don't know how many of you know an amputee or anybody like that, but a lot of times uh, they'll have what they're called phantom pains. And I thought, you know, that's exactly how I feel. My wife is no longer with me. She's in heaven. Part of me, part of my body is in heaven. But I still feel pain. Wow. My brother, I, 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 you know, I can only relate to those that have been through something like this. I'm so thankful for the ABC team. I, I just cannot. I'm so thankful for them. Because they know how I feel. They know how some of you feel. We need to get that bus, that board, whatever y'all were talking about getting. We just need to travel all over the country and tell people our story. Because I promise you, there's a lot of people in a lot of churches all over this country that feel the way you and I feel. They're just not willing to share it with anybody. We think we can carry it. Cast all your care on Him. Because He cares for you. And you know what I thought about? I thought about this hurt. I thought about this pressure. I thought about how His flesh couldn't take it anymore. Uh, but He said, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves. Think about this. That we should not trust in ourselves, but in God. Which raiseth the dead. Christ didn't ask you to die for Him. But He does ask you to live for Him. <laughs> Woo! Amen! I felt a little sprig in that myself. I did. He didn't ask you to die for Him. By the way, you couldn't have died for Him. But He does ask you to live for Him. If you put your faith in Him. Who delivered us from so great a death, there it is, and doth deliver in whom we trust that He will yet deliver us. He's still going to deliver us. He's not. Where's the promise of His coming? Oh, He's coming. He said He was coming. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Remember, 
It's just going to help believers. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. If you read in the paper that Michael Mabe died, don't you believe that for one second. I'll be more alive than I've ever been in my life. I promise you. I'm not afraid to tell you. I'll never die. Now this flesh will be laid down. But that's not you. That's just the vessel. That's just the, the body. The soul, the seed, by the way, it's the only thing you have of value. What shall it profit a man that he gain the whole world, yet lose his own soul? That's the only thing that you have of value is your soul. 2019, they diagnosed Sister Melissa Mabe with that triple negative breast cancer. I lost it. I'm not afraid to tell you. Everybody thinks a lot of times the husband, the pastor, the preacher, oh, he's got it all together. Look at how he's got it all together. And I promise you, we were, we were going out to dinner. We, we had already planned everything. We were going out to dinner. She said, oh, I've had these lumps before. And let me tell you how the devil works. I actually scheduled her appointment. She showed me the, the lump. Five centimeters, whatever I think it was. Then the margins came back seven centimeters. It was the biopsy showed the margins were positive too. But the doctor came in and there was like three different cells or tumors or however you want to look at it. He said it was so unusual that he'd never seen that before. He said uh, he was about positive that it couldn't be cancer. But when he came in that day, when he came in that evening, like I said, we're getting ready to go out, go out to dinner do everything and he put his head down Melissa was on the table on the on the table and I was sitting in the chair and he come back in and he said I don't know how to tell you folks this but it is positive she has breast cancer and I want to tell you I stood up I'm not a big guy I stood up and I was getting ready to throat punch this doctor because I thought he was going to say oh, I'm just kidding but he never said that. Melissa put her hand on my shoulder. And she said, what's next? What do we do next? I, I, I couldn't speak. God had spoiled me, like I said, up to that point, And here we are. And just to hear those words were beyond my imagination. God, you've been so good. And can I say this? He's still good. No matter what you're going through, He's still good. He's still God. He's still able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. But she did not say not one time, why me? And I would get so aggravated at her. I would get so aggravated with, with you know, why? What? You know, and she would say, I know you're mad. She could see it. I mean, I'm I don't, not really showing my emotions to her because, you know me, I wanted to be the rock. I wanted to be strong for her. And I, I did my best, y'all. But she never said, why me? 
You know what she said? Why not me? I'm saved. I'm born again. God saved me years ago. He's given me a great life. Why not me? And I'm so thankful to, to know these folks here. Because I believe in my heart that's what they say. Why not us? Why, why not? Why, we're, we were great parents to Johnny. Still parents to Johnny. To Peanut. Still parents to Peanut. Can't wait to hear Peanut say, Hey, Mom and Dad, how you doing? You, know, you recognize me? We'll be known as we are known. But anyway, why not her? Who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver in whom we trust that He will yet deliver us. He delivered us from all these deadly situations before to bring us up to this point. What? To kill us? No. To give us eternal life. He gave us grace for a purpose. And you know when my purpose for grace kicked in? 4-11-2020. Didn't realize it. We came back from Atlanta and uh, her oncologist said, uh, you guys will be fortunate. And honestly, you guys will be fortunate to make it to Christmas. Two weeks later, Melissa's in heaven. She went on Easter. Resurrection Sunday morning. Praise the Lord. She went resurrection Easter weekend. How about that, Doc? We don't have to wait till Christmas. Oh, I'm a blessed man. I'm so blessed. But let me just say, up to that point, you know, it says, deliver us, doth deliver. We trust that He will yet deliver us. He will, He still does. Continuously delivering us. Man, it's so real. Pastor already mentioned the very opening of the, the conference, Psalm 119.71. You don't have to turn there. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. How can it be good for us to be afflicted? How can it be good for us to say, why not me? 2 Corinthians 12. Yeah. I knew we'd get there eventually. And I just have to tell you what, what God has been so good throughout this, this conference and what He's showing me in this conference. And I'm learning more than anybody. Second Corinthians 12. You're probably already there when you get there. Just say amen for me. We just read some of that, that grace and the comfort that God gives us. But now, the counsel that God gives us. That learning part. I thought about learn of me and Christ, and I said, man, the ministry's so hard. And you know what the Lord, the Holy Spirit showed me? Well, you're not doing it right. You're trying to do it in your own strength. You're trying to do it your own self. Take, take. The Lord says, take my yoke. He's not going to give it to you. He says, take my yoke upon you. You have to do something. You have to show a little effort. We're not robots. We're not puppets. There's choices, decisions. 
that we make. See, we're living in a day where there's no consequence for sin anymore. Supposedly. You have to be faithful to Him. How else is He going to reward us and that we can rule and reign with Him? How else is He going to gauge that? It's by faith. You go to Walmart, you take something, you've got to have money. You go to God to take something, you've got to have faith. He looks at your faith. It's measured by faith. It's measured by that. So these choices that confront us, go back, we're, we're there in chapter 12, and uh, the, the principle of the whole thing, it is not expedient uh, for me doubtless to glory. Paul says, I have no room to glory. I have no reason to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. He probably saw more. He probably envisioned more. And I don't, me personally, I, visions and dreams. And I, somebody, that, even independent fundamental Baptist, preacher, I had this dream the other night. Can I talk to you about it? Well, sure, go ahead. Well, that, this was an alligator and a, something else was going on. What do you get from that? I said, did you have tacos before you went to bed? I'm not going to interpret dreams. I, you know, I can't. I'm like Mocha, Mocha, my little five-pound ESA that is beside me on one of those body pillows, and I was sharing it with him. And sometimes, you know, two or three o'clock in the morning, I'll reach there and I'll feel feel him. And you know, I just I start rubbing on him, and he's going. Ah, ah. <laughs> I was used to that for with Melissa. Amen. <laughs> she didn't growl. But God honored this man with His glory. And we're so blessed. We're so fortunate. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years. See, Paul didn't want to take the glory. Paul did not. The Apostle Paul didn't want to, uh, to brag on himself. I want to brag on Jesus. I want to brag on my God. Let me tell you that. And a lot of people, you know, that sometimes they mistake my confidence for arrogance or egotistical or whatever. No, no. Listen, being confident is the very thing. Christ. It's all about Christ. I promise you. I'm not confident in myself. I don't have self-confidence. I have Christ confidence. I'm confident in my God that's able to do that for me. He's able to give me. He's, he's given me everything that I need. Not everything I want. Everything I need. There is a difference. And so, the impatience we have to carry, we have to bear that. The illustration we must share. We know that there's revelation. He gave us revelations. And uh, He gave us the book of Revelation. I have people come up to me times, Oh, preacher, I have a new revelation. What's wrong with that one? We ain't used all that one yet. I don't need a new one. I need... Okay, alright. So, we... we Doctrinally things. So we need to get back to that. Teachings. What God teaches us. Heaven is called paradise. Heaven is the third heaven. Now that's what the Apostle Paul called it. How do you know, preacher? Well, outside, uh, the first heavens where the birds hang out. And I loved seeing that coming here this morning. That was beautiful. Breathtaking. I loved it. The next heaven, second heaven, that's where the planets and the stars hang out. The third heaven, that's where God hangs out. That's where I want to be. That's where I want to experience. And so, the problem of pride, a lot of us have a problem with pride. We do. We can go ahead and admit it. If you don't, you do have a problem. 
So, the problem of pride, and I know it's 2.15, right? I got till 2.15. So, uh, the, the problem of pride, if you go over there, jump down to verse number 5. Of such an one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory. So, God honored him with glory. Honored him. What an honor it is for God to even share a little bit of His glory with us in Christ. We beheld His glory. Amen. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. For I will say the truth, but now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. I'm not a braggadocious. Listen, I'll brag on Jesus. If you don't want to hear about Jesus, don't ask me about Him. Even the Holy Ghost will not brag on Himself. He will testify of me, is what Christ said. Holy Ghost don't even talk about Himself. Holy Ghost will introduce you to Christ. But how do you describe somebody who's indescribable? You just live it in front of them. Amen. It has to be Christ. So that principle of the paradise and the problem of pride. See, the Apostle Paul had all that. He had all these different things. But God humbled him with gratitude. You want to talk about something? Let's look at verse 7. And I love getting here, preacher. You'd, you'd already mentioned it too. Some of uh, have been hitting all around it. I just want to share with you a little bit. When it talks about pain, Pain has a purpose. We don't all jump on board with it. But pain has a purpose. Pain can be submissive and God humbled this great man with gratitude. Look at verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me about the pride deal? So I wouldn't be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations. In the glory that God had shared with this man, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute. We go back to, for by grace are you saved through faith, that is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. The grace for purpose is a gift. Is it not? Say amen. What about the purpose for grace? That's a gift too, preacher. How do you get that? The gift of the thorn. Brother Daniel Buchanan preached that message. I said, I've got to have that title. I'm not going to preach it the way he did. I can't. I said, I've got to have that title. The gift of the thorn. Because it says, there was given to me Didn't say he received it, but it was given to him. And given to me a thorn in the flesh. I'm going to tell you something. My pain was just not having her with me. My heart was breaking. I'll lead up to it because the week before Melissa passed, we were in that king-size bed and she was saying, how are you praying? In other words, what are you asking for? And I said, oh no, baby, I'm a gentleman. You first. And she said, okay. 
She said, well, I hope when it happens that just you and the kids are there. Now, her family's from Kingsport, right down the street. Kingsport, Tennessee. Uh, I had already called her uh, brother and father and mother and their family, and I said, you might want to start making your way in. They had gotten there that evening, as a matter of fact. It was on a Wednesday night. And, uh, you know, I told her, I said, baby, you know, I've got a little bit of power, but I don't know if I've had that much pull to be able to make, pull that off. And she said, well, that's okay. She said, I just want you and the kids to be there when it happens. And she said, now, how are you praying? Now, trust, mind, be mindful that the kids are on the bed with us. And I said, well, I just want to hold you. I just want to hold you. That's what I'm praying. She looked at me with those big blue eyes and she said, Oh, I hope you do. I hope you do. And we left it at that. So Friday night rolls around and uh, the doctor said, by the way, she had closed her eyes. She, she hadn't opened her eyes in about a day and a half. I think that Thursday she had closed her eyes and she was just on oxygen. Had the twin bed in there in the living room in our home. She elected to be there for hospice. And hospice people, I'm going to tell you, they do a fantastic job. It's, it's absolutely amazing what they did. At least the people that were working with us were so compassionate. And uh, that's, that's got to be a calling as well. But anyway, uh, we, she was laying in that twin bed. She was laying on her side. She had the oxygen hooked up and everything. And she was laying on her side because she could breathe better. And by the way, when we got to... Uh, back home from Atlanta, she, she said, I'm gaining a lot of weight. Her doctor ended up telling her that it wasn't weight, that the cancer had metastasized. And she had 20 tumors on her liver. You know, cancer was not fair. But, she was laying on her side. And I said, you know, I'm not a big guy. I said, I think I can get behind her on that bed. And so I laid beside of her. Got her picture. She's looking at me too. right there. She's laying beside me. I was laying beside her. And I put this arm above her head. And my mouth was at her left ear, and I was holding her hand was on top her hand was on top of I was on top like that. And I'm gonna tell you something. The Holy Ghost said, Tell her now. I started telling her everything about her that I love. How beautiful she was. How big her smile was. How when she lit up a room and when she walked in, I said, that's my girl right there. People just gravitated toward her. And I just sit back and I was like, that's awesome. Pastors, we get the glory. Late preachers, you'll, you'll get that. Not that you asked for it, but she was my trophy. She was a trophy wife. Didn't ask to be. She said, I never felt like I, I was a pastor's wife. I said, that's okay. I never felt like a pastor. She said, well, 
I'm not perfect. And I said, no, but you're perfect for me. Don't say anything about her. You'll see the pastor part go out the door. I promise you. Anyway, Christ loved His bride too. You shouldn't say anything about His bride. <laughs> uh, so, I was laying in the bed, in that hospital bed beside her, started telling her everything about her that I loved. And all of a sudden, it was like the Holy Spirit said, tell her now. And I said, honey, you can go. I'll look after the babies. If you need to go, you go ahead and go. And I want to tell y'all something. As soon as I said that, we had these lights above our mantle. Her hand went up. And she was reaching for that mantle. She was reaching for those lights. So I said, time out. Come around. I said, I'm sorry. I, I was in my heart, I was saying, I didn't mean it. God, I did not mean it. I did not mean it. I'm not ready. God didn't care at that point. But I honestly believe she was waiting on that. Hand went up. Michaela came in, come in, sat at the foot. I'm over there trying to get some things together. Matthew comes in, gets behind her. All of a sudden, my daughter, Michaela, I love her dearly, precious child. She says, oh no, Daddy, oh no. Oh no. And I look, and Melissa has back, laying back, and she's looking straight up. Eyes open, blue eyes looking straight up. And I came around to her, and I saw that, and I slipped my arm behind her, and I put this behind her head, and I held her. Big blue eyes looking right through me. She saw her Savior. And I said, I'm here. I'm here. We're here. And she took three small breaths and I kissed her. Every one of them. She breathed her last breath into me. And she was gone. I held her hand and I got down on my knees. I got down on my knees. I promise you, folks. And I said, God, I can't. I can't do this. I can't. I was so mad. I was so filled with rage. I wasn't ready. I'm not ready to let her go. God, I can't do this. And all, listen, at once, the Holy Ghost said, she's not feeling any pain. And she's not your wife. She's my child. It was almost like I had a, a burden for the lost. I said, because God, if your wrath is anything like I'm feeling inside, I'm glad you said my children shall not see my wrath. If I'd have had a flamethrower, if I'd have had anything, I would have probably destroyed everything I saw. The I'm just being honest with you folks. The rage inside of me was so unreal. But the Holy Spirit calmed it. He's the comforter. Michaela. Let me tell you something else. Matthew first, he said, he was really careful. He said, Daddy, can I kiss her too? 
said, yeah, she's your mom. He put his little lips on her and he said, she's still warm, Daddy. We have these misconceptions about death, y'all. That, you know, that people are cold or, you know, and they're just used to what they see. But she was still warm. And I said, yeah, she's still your mom too. Michaela put her hand on me. She said, Daddy, do you realize what just happened? And I was like, yeah, baby, I, I get it. I understand what just happened. She goes, no. She said, God answered both of your prayers at one time. That's the Holy Ghost. That's, that was so, that's our support. That's how we all get through this together. It has to be God. God blessed me so much. I am a blessed man. People don't understand. You can't. You can't understand unless you go through it. You can't understand unless you have that purpose for grace. Because here's what I, here's what I want to say. I mean, there's a whole list of stuff here. Pain can bring submissiveness and searching and sight and strength and surrender and stamina and sensitivity and significance. But here's what I thought. What a gift that He gave me. The gift of the thorn that hurts even today it hurts. But He said, through your weakness... You'll see my strength. And I'm made stronger through my weaknesses. I get to come and meet you fine folks. Get to share with these fine folks here. My kids are strong. They're supported. My support system, the church. I don't deserve any of that. It's not my glory. So I don't know what you're going through. But listen, whether it's a child or whether it's a miscarry, or whether it's a, a, a spouse, or whatever it is. Treasure that gift that He gave you. Saved, born again, that's your hope that you'll see them. I don't know how your loved one went to heaven. I don't. But whatever that grief is, watch this now, it's a gift. gift to be stronger. Well, preacher, I don't know about that. Satan, Satan, listen, is there anything that can happen to you that God doesn't allow? No. God allowed that to happen. And what a gift. I can't help but see it any other way. It's a perspective that God's given me, a spiritual perspective. I just wanted to share that with you. Look at your grief a different way than the way the world does. Look at the grief that God allowed you to happen a different way. Use it as a source of your strength. Some people say, well, are you ever going to get are you ever going to get past it? Oh, I hope not. 
I don't ever want to get past it, Mom. I love seeing that picture of Johnny. That's why it encouraged me to bring my picture. I don't ever want to get past it. Because see, she's in my future. Moses passed away. Moses died. Satan wanted his bones. Couldn't have them. Moses was a patriarch for God's people. They loved him. They loved Moses. But that wasn't the last time they saw Moses. He showed up again on the Mount of Transfiguration. How did they know it was Moses? Well, he looked like Moses. He was Moses. You'll be known as you are known. I can't wait. Until then, I'm going to keep sharing that gift that makes me stronger. Look at your, look at your grief as a gift from God. Amen? Brother Joe, you come. Play for us. I want to do something a little different before we take a break. And I uh, just want to offer now at this time, as Justin comes and, and plays, if you've got a need this afternoon and you just need to pray, uh, you've got burden, tears, sorrow, grief, and you just, to be honest, you just are at that point like we just talked about and just read that it's too much for your body to take, too much for your heart to take. Come to the altar, let some folks pray with you. Let your heart break, let the tears flow. We got people.